Hello, and welcome to the Compassion Club podcast. This is our third podcast, and in this episode, Sam and I talk about meditation, the problems you can face trying to meditate, and what happens when you fall off the wagon. Sam and I talk about our experiences trying to get back on the wagon, how to build a habit, and just generally talk about meditation. So please take half an hour or so to listen to our conversation. Hopefully you find it helpful and perhaps even visit our website at www.compassionclub.com.au. So it's been a long time since we caught up, Sam. What's been happening with you? It has been a long time, isn't it? How time flies. I can't believe that we haven't done a podcast yet. It's been months. Yeah. I know. We've, we've been a bit slack. And, and to be honest, I've got a bit of a confession. I actually... Um, I actually fell off the bandwagon and stopped meditating, so um, I wasn't really feeling all that authentic about being part of the Compassion Club for a while. I had had some stuff that I had to work through, to be honest. Um, how did I stop meditating? I guess after having a practice of, you know, over 18 years of meditation, I, d- I don't really know. What I think what happened was I got a little bit complacent, and after my car accident... I had a lot of chronic pain in my body and sometimes meditating was really hard for me because mm. it really brought that to the surface. Um, so I think my meditation practice became harder last year after the accident. Mm. But then this year I, I had a bit of a disappointment in that before Christmas I found out I had to have some more surgery um, on my shoulder and, and that was a bit of a setback because I was hoping that would be the end my bone was going to be healed mm. so I had to have some surgery just before Christmas um, and then spent most of January trying to recover from that surgery and I really didn't feel like meditating and I, I remember when I was in hospital I found the discipline of doing my daily meditation kind of I got out of that ritual that I had each morning because uh, I was in different and I remember justifying to myself, oh, well, you're in hospital, it's, it's okay, you know, have a bit of a break, you know, you've got this solid practice, you can just get back to it. And, um, and I was in hospital for about a week, so I had, you know, I guess a week of not really doing any, any proper meditation. I think I did, I listened to a few guided things during that time. And then when I came back home, I thought, right, I'm going to get started again. And and I sort of did, but not with the intensity that I had in the past. And I, you know, would get up in the morning and have the intention to meditate, but then something would come up and I'd prioritise that. And I just, uh, yeah, I, th- I think a few days turned into a week. And then before I knew it, a week, you know, a month had gone by and I realised I hadn't hadn't really had that daily, daily meditation. And it was really, really hard because I, a, I really missed it. I really noticed a big difference in, in my mood, in how I felt, even in my energy, um, and particularly with how stressed I was. Mm. I, I really needed to meditate, yeah. but it was like the one thing I just couldn't do. It was like I couldn't face it. Mm. And then I had, I guess, all of the shame around, you know, you're actually at work and, you know, in your business teaching people how to meditate and people have got this expectation that you've mastered this and you know you, you've got it all down pat and and here I am at home um just you know looking around my apartment at where I used to sit and meditate and thinking well I'll, I'll definitely do that tomorrow and I yeah it was it was it was, it was pretty hard mm. um, it's challenging and I also think when you kind of 
stop and think about it like that, the pressure that you put on yourself, you know, no matter whether you're teaching it to other people or whatever, and the judgment that goes with that, it, it becomes the thing that stops you from progressing. You know, it becomes your own way of self-defeating, even though, you know, it would be okay to say, well, you know, I'm not perfect and you can move on. Mm. So I think it's been a really interesting in experience and... And then I went back to work and, and that kind of magnified things even more because when I went back to work, it was pretty stressful because I'd been out of my role for, for four weeks mm. and I'd worked from home for a few weeks. So when I went back to work, there was a lot of things that needed attention and, and taking care of and I still wasn't feeling physically brilliant. Mm. And I, you know, I've got this type A personality, so I just really, really pushed myself when I went back to work. And within, you know, within five days, got really, really stressed out. <laughs> And, and then had no, no, no toolkit, no coping mechanism. Mm. Um, and, and rather than just sort of taking a step back from things and thinking, right, just start where you are, um, I, you know, just went into even more of a downward spiral. So I was really glad when uh, we caught up uh, last week and, and you gave me some really good advice, uh, which actually really helped me about trying to reframe how I'm approaching meditation and and, and I remember you asked me, you know, how do you feel about it? Do you feel like it's a chore? Is it, is it something else you've got to do? And, and that is, I guess, openly and honestly at the moment, how, how I feel about mm. it. It's like, you know, I'm getting up at half past five. I'm, you know, sometimes getting home at nine. There's, there's not enough hours in the day to get through all the things I want to do. And yeah. it just felt like another thing to do on my to-do list. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, do you want to share what oh, yeah. you so- maybe what you went through with me last week and some yeah. of the, like little pearls of wisdom that you gave me. Well, I think it's nothing that you don't already know, but I think you do need somebody or it can be really helpful to have somebody else just remind you of those things. And I think the first one is exactly as you said, that I struggle with meditation the most in the past when I found myself unwittingly resenting having to meditate every day and I just resisted it and I saw it as a chore and I didn't really get anything out of it. And I found the whole thing just a real bummer. I didn't want to do it. And when I realized, oh, hang on a second, you're just, you're creating, making this more difficult for yourself, I had to find a way to put intrinsic value in it and make it something indulgent and something fun and exciting for me. Or maybe not exciting, that's probably not the right word, but I felt like I was getting something out of it rather than just going through the process. And the moment that I did that, it changed my investment in it. So I didn't feel like, I had to get something out of it. That I think that was the first thing. And um, when I think about meditation after that process, I realized that when you sit down, you're not trying to change yourself. You're not trying to go from point A to point B. So if I'm feeling stressed and upset or disappointed, I'm not trying to be not that. So once I let go of that concept, I could just go, oh, I'm just doing this thing. I'm not looking for an outcome. I'm not looking for me to change somehow in fact I'm doing the opposite now what I'm trying to do is look inside and see what's happening inside of me and then I can make decisions about what I want to do and if I'm feeling bored it's okay to be bored and if I'm feeling frustrated it's okay to be frustrated and not judging those feelings or we're still ignoring them and and we might have talked in the past about the middle way and the middle way is about trying to find that balance between rejecting what's actually happening and um, ignoring it so it's a question of trying to find that balance kind of like floating in water a way to be able to just accept what's going on 
and allow it to pass through you and then move on to the next thing. But the funny thing about it, and I think the, the thing I love about meditation particularly is it's like layers of an onion, you know, that you peel one layer away and there's something underneath that you didn't know about. And you peel that way a layer away and then there's something else underneath it. And it's like you, it is a voyage of discovery in that way. And even though there's that discussion around whether you need meditation to be mindful or not, I personally think you do because the experience and the knowledge that you get by inwardly looking, it changes the dynamic and the way you process things so fundamentally. And it was really brought home to me also recently because I've got somebody that I work with who'd been trying to meditate and she was new to meditation. And she was really struggling, but very committed, really wanted to do it. And, and I had said to her, like we've talked about in the past, about building a habit first. Don't forget about the meditation part. Just make sure you've got the time, even if it's a couple of minutes. Make it easy and achievable for you. Two minutes every day at the same time so that you get used to doing it. And so she's met up with me a few times saying, oh, still no good and I find myself really struggling and I can't focus and I'm overwhelmed and I find it frustrating. And so we had to try and devalue it for her and make it feel like it wasn't a big deal and in the same way, reframe it for her. Give her something, a sense of... Um, you know, I'm not looking to change through this and it's a positive experience of just finding out what's happening inside of me and getting to know me better. And it sounds also airy-fairy when you say it like that, but the reality is it is those things and they become the byproduct. So if you kind of approach it thinking, I don't need to get anything out of this. I don't need to feel better. I don't need to be enlightened. I just need to sit down and go through this process of just looking inwardly the benefits start to appear over time. And she had a real epiphany last time we talked earlier this week where she said, oh, I was in this situation and I started getting very angry and I could feel myself getting angry, but I didn't actually get angry. And I went, that's exactly what meditation and mindfulness is teaching you because you made the choice. You still could have got angry if you wanted to, but you were able to make the decision about, oh, I feel the anger rising up inside of me. How, what is the optimal way to deal with this situation? And she had chosen not to get angry. And she said, is that like mindfulness? And I went, that is exactly <laughs> what that is. And she said, wow, I, I've never had that before. And I thought, wow, good on you. For somebody who was struggling with meditation, you've been able to really bring this into the real world and have a, a, a mindful experience, even though it's only been a couple of weeks of you going through this process and struggling in inverted commas with your meditation. And the last thing I just wanted to say is really about that concept of judgment, you know, that's so heavily weighing over the top of this was, I'm failing, I'm not doing a good job, I'm not meditating well. And I tried to really reinforce for her, this is not a pass or fail exercise. This is not a measurable exercise that is unlike everything else in life. It's not about trying to start at point A and get to point B. It's just doing and that's all there is to it. And, and the more that you can take the pressure off it and the judgment and your need to have measurable results, the more successful you're going to be. And I can't help but think about those things, about how they translate into your real life and how exponentially you start to apply that to everything because you're doing it so frequently that you can't help but operate that way. And it's such a positive experience to be able to go, I don't have to judge anything anymore. I, I, because I've trained myself not to be judging every single thing as pass or fail. It just kind of is what it is. Mm. So, think, sorry, sorry, go on. No, I, I think that's great. And, and what a great experience that your friend, you know, after just a few weeks of, mm. of meditation, that she's actually making some of those insights. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. I think for me, like, the whole concept of judgment is 
is really important and um, I remember when I studied with John Kabat-Zinn and he talks about you know not judging yourself you know being in the moment mm. um, you know on you know what, what is it here how he describes mindfulness I think he says it's um, just need to find the words here uh, but he talks about you know it being deliberate right um, so you, you're having the intention mm. that you're going to be in the moment yes um, and without judgment and right. I think, you know we're, we're our own worst critics True. Um, and we always really you know labeling ourselves mm. judging ourselves obviously there's the judgment to others but for me I think that was part of the biggest challenge was you know the self-judgment that I was put, imposing on myself mm. around the expectation that you know I wasn't being a good meditator yeah. and, and then making you know really crazy translations so because I'm not being a good meditator I'm not being a good person yes. and then you know really getting into some deep personal self-worth things just because you know I've screwed up and I haven't practiced yeah. meditation for a few weeks so I think sometimes you have to just be able to be humble and and you know, get out of your own way is is what my best friend um, <laughs> always says to me. You know, you're always in your own way. Take but a step back. You you had a really humbling experience recently. I mean, mm. talking about that, you know, personally for you, this whole process has really kicked something off for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I had a really interesting week in the and before I just talk about that, um, the one of the best bits of advice you gave me was, you know, why are you trying to meditate for twenty minutes? And I was like, because that's that's how long I meditate for. Mm. And and I remember you said, well, why don't you just try 10 minutes? And it felt made me feel really uncomfortable because I was like, oh, I don't don't think that's going to be good enough if, if, I, if I meditate for 10 minutes. Mm. And, and where I was going with John Kabat-Zinn, he's got a really good YouTube talk and yeah. we'll find it and we'll put it up on okay. the site. But he talks about there, there's, no, there's, no, there's no good or bad meditation. Mm. There's, you know, people have this um, kind of, approach to meditation particularly if you're you know a type a person where you think the more you do it the better you'll get at it yes. and um i think meditation is certainly you know it becomes more of a habit and it becomes easier to to practice you know to get into that discipline of the practice but mm. you know in in over 15 years of meditating i, I don't think I've, I've got better at meditating yeah I mean, my, my meditation experience has always been my experience and, yes. and that's really what he talks about and he says you know you need to let go of that judgment around that today you're going to get something out of it yes. it's, it's going to make you in this you know so I think sometimes we do load it up exponentially yeah. with all of these things that we think right I'm now going to just you know, sit down for 10 minutes and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to feel amazing yes. and then for the whole rest of the day it's just going to be wonderful and then when that doesn't happen we get a bit disappointed Definitely. and dejected and then yeah. we, we think, oh, I don't really... And I think, you know, if you're someone that's going through a lot of things, and I think for me at the moment I have been working through quite a lot of personal things, mm. um, you, know, not, you know, I'm not doing too badly, but, yeah. I, I, you know, I've had an accident and it's affected my body and, you know, there's a lot of things going on at the moment. It, it is really difficult then to actually just come back to, well, look, that's just your experience you know, you know. So, so sometimes when you're struggling, meditation is harder. It's yes, like a mirror. It definitely. just shows you exactly what's going on in, exactly in your body. Exactly right. If you have got pain, and I think I was talking to you about this earlier. You yeah. know, um, I've been back to yoga this week. Can I just interrupt yeah. you? I just want to say quickly, yeah. just about that whole, you know, the, the struggle you go through with meditation, mm -hmm. because I think it is a, a process without end, mm -hmm. both 
each meditation session you do and as a lifelong journey, right? You you never reach nirvana. There is no perfection you're seeking. It's just a process. But you know my pet hate where we met. (laughs) And there was a chap, it was a a conference. I know know you're going to talk about this one guy. Yes, right. And where he got the microphone and he was an older chap and he said, I've been meditating for 40 years or 50 years and I just find it so easy to meditate now. so easy. That's right. And And we both wanted to just kill it. Absolutely. (laughs) Internally, I was combusting. So I had to get the microphone and then say, well, for me, after 20 years of meditating, it's not easy. It's still hard now. But I guess the benefit is that I do get something else out of it. And the surprise for me, and and, and maybe I'm just not as aware as I think, it it feels to me this gradual process of unfolding about the benefits that I get out of it that I never was aware that I was getting. You know what I mean? Like It wasn't like I suddenly went, oh, I have a new skill now and I can do this thing. It just became apparent to me over a really long period of time and slowly I found myself behaving in different ways that I was totally unaware of I guess that's what I'm trying to say that I just wasn't aware of how it was changing me in a really fundamental way I like to think in a long-term way for obviously you know for beneficial reasons anyway that's all I wanted to say just about that guy it's something that incorrectly builds over that's right I guess what I'm trying to say yeah also when you stop meditating you know so you, you get, you know, decreasing returns over time That's as well. Right. So I think, yeah. you know, the first day that I didn't meditate, I kind of thought, oh, I've kind of got away with this. It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not too bad. I, yeah. I can justify to myself that I can go a few more days. Yeah. And then, you know, as as time goes on, yeah. you then, you know, within two weeks, you know, that's quite a short period of time. Yeah. It, the, the difference was really stark. Yes. A, re- a really, really stark difference to mm. the point that, you know, my partner had noticed, friends mm. and family around me had noticed that you seem really stressed and really irritable and normally these things don't affect you and yes. you're getting a bit overly emotional on certain things and, and I think, you know, sometimes if you're not a very good mirror for yourself, mm. the people around you can sometimes help you with that feedback. Yes, and, it's true. Um, so I think sometimes you just have to, you know, meet yourself where you are mm. and... Um, mm. I use that term a lot with my team when we're dealing with difficult people and, and sometimes people, you know, working in, a, in an audit role, people aren't always uh, great, you know, they don't really want to see you because you're going to tell them a problem. So I always try and say, well, you know, just acknowledge where that person is in, on their journey and where they are today and, mm. and know that they're doing their innate best with what they've got going on. So, yes. so try and be kind to them and meet them where they are. But I think that wisdom you also really need to apply to yourself and I certainly needed to take you know, that feedback and, and apply it to myself because I wasn't really meeting myself where I mm. was. I wasn't really acknowledging that actually it's it's really bloody difficult living with chronic pain. It's, it's, it's one of the hardest things because it never goes away. Yes. And you actually get to the point where you, you know, you start identifying with your pain and it starts becoming part of who you are. Mm. And, and that, that isn't, isn't healthy and isn't a good thing. But you, you had said that mm. it, it would become so much part of you that... You weren't even aware of having the pain in a way anymore, but it was obviously affecting you, and, mm. but you kind of managed to disconnect from it somehow. Yeah, or, so I think or, it made me realise, you know, and, and that's, you know, you asked me what I've been up to this week. I yeah. went back to my first yoga class this week for over a year. I got the all clear from the surgeon to, to start moving my left arm again, which, you know, after not using your arm for a year's... So I, I was, a first of all, elated because I used to teach yoga, so going back to... A class or something I was really, really looking forward to. So there's a lot of anticipation about going back. 
So I found my favourite teacher. Luckily, she was still teaching at the same studio. Grabbed my best friend. We were both really excited about going. And um, and the first pose was was literally just lying on the floor. Mm. Um, and I and I haven't just lied on the floor mm. since the accident for for a reasonable period of time. Like you know, you lie on a bed. Mm. It's quite different to lying on the floor. So, yeah. so the actual act of actually just getting onto a wood floor was was somewhat challenging. With you know an arm, you can't put much weight on, and knee mm. is not really working. And yeah. and and I remember just you know thinking, okay, this is not quite how I thought this was going to go. Mm. I actually thought I'm going to get here and I'm going to feel really relaxed and really calm and and as we went through the first few poses in the class some of them were so simple like literally lifting your your arm overhead and and I couldn't do some of those things and Mm. and then at some point in the class I decided to try and see if I could do a downward dog which for anyone that does a lot of yoga is is a resting pose it's a pose you take between other more challenging poses and it was always one of my favourite poses and it always used to make me feel great. So I thought I'm just gonna hop into this pose and just I'm sure I'm sure you know, when I'm in this pose my body's gonna remember mm. w- what to do. And it just totally didn't. Wow. My body just like totally epic failed me. <laughs> it just it kind of my my I was trying to straighten my left arm and nothing was happening. It was like I was looking at my arm as if to say like move and it just my shoulder was really stiff. Um and I managed to stay in this pose for about three seconds and just, you know, then tried to get into a pose called child's pose, which is another resting pose. Couldn't do that because of my knee. Ended up like lying on the floor, just floods of tears, feeling like a complete failure. Oh, thinking, no. why, why have I come back to this class? And, and I think because I did used to be really flexible and I used to teach yoga, mm. um, I had so much, um, I don't know, bought into like how how it was going to be mm. so much expectation and even though I thought to myself look it's probably going to take a few weeks maybe a few months to get back into shape I kind of had really underestimated how much physical pain I was in yeah. and it wasn't until I was lying on that pose just lying on the floor it was literally like then they sort of did a shavasana at the start of the class I realised how much pain I had in my spine. Mm. Like I, I actually couldn't, I couldn't lie in that pose. I had to bend my knees up into my chest. I just couldn't actually lie there for five minutes. It was really uncomfortable. I'm looking around all the room, like right at the front of the class, thinking, "What am I doing here?" There's all these people like chilling out and relaxing, and mm. I've come here to find some inner calm. And I'm, and I, I really had to just get back into my breath. And I remember just, you know finding a somewhat more comfortable second pose and and just focusing back on my breathing and putting my hand on my tummy and just watching the rise and fall of my breath and then just actually allowing myself to be in my body Mm. and I thought wow I haven't been here for a really long time like probably a year Mm. and and maybe you know maybe your body does that when you have serious pain to help you deal with it I don't Mm. know I don't I don't really know what happens from a science perspective Mm. but um it was really painful mentally to have to be in touch with my body. Yes. But I think it was really healthy and it was really good. Mm. And, and I ended up having a, a really lovely class. The teacher, she was beautiful. Um, and she was talking a lot about trusting. And her her theme, she's a very sort of philosophical teacher. She's always talking about trust. And she was saying, you know, why do we always have to control everything in life we sort of have this innate desire to control every outcome every situation every interaction 
we're always trying to, you know, direct the result so that it goes our way. Mm. And she said, that's really great until it doesn't. Yes. And, you know, that, that's really great until it doesn't go our way. And then mm. we're left, you know, with all these broken pieces. Mm. And, and what do you do with those? And, and, and normally you then just, you know, self-reflect and overanalyze and and then, you know, conclude that you're a really terrible person because these things just didn't happen. Mm. Um, and she said, you know, can you just trust a bit more? You know, in this class, can you just trust that your body will do what it's meant to do mm. and it will respond to the pose? And and she talked about breathing and she, you know, had a really lovely anal- analogy around, you know, you the biggest act of trust is really about breathing because every day your body, your body actually breathes you really when you think about it. You don't have to do anything mm. to breathe. It just happens, you know, automatically. Mm. And we don't give that a second thought. But we, you know, we don't trust that our partner can get the, the shopping in Aldi that week, you know, we, or, you know, we don't trust that someone can turn up to, you know, we're always worrying about little things yeah. and, and we're, you know, can you just find three things in your life that you can, you can trust? So I, I just sort of tried to trust my body yesterday and the, whilst I think the journey to recovery is going to be somewhat more challenging than mm. I thought, I thought, well, look, I, I trust that I'm in the right place at the right time. I've got the right people around me, yes. and, and that you know I'm I'm making progress. I, yes. I've, I've started, so I think sometimes you just have to get out of your own way. Mm. <laughs> I, I liked it when you were telling me about this before, and you said, you know, that you're going through uh, and you're going through yoga poses, and you said my body didn't remember anymore. Like it's just like everything had been forgotten. But then you went through this process, this emotional process of being disappointed with yourself. <laughs> And then you were sad, and then, then you got angry, and then you started crying. And I think that kind of says it all, doesn't it? It's like all this stuff locked up inside, waiting to come out, and it all happened right there in your yoga class. Go you. And I think the, the other thing for me was I, um, I used to always practice yoga early morning, go to an early morning class, and then I would do 20 minutes of meditation afterwards. That was, was how I used to practice my mm. meditation. And I did stay after the class for five minutes and, and just did some, some simple meditation. And I found it really easy. Wow. Like, so I think for some people, the actual act of moving your body, like yeah. connecting body and mind, whether that's like running, mm. swimming or yoga, that can actually make meditation easier for yes. some people. So I think if you're someone listening to this podcast and you're really, really struggling with meditation mm. in a static sense, maybe try um, you know, running and then meditating afterwards mm. or, or swimming and, and using your swimming practice to just, you know, swimming is a great one because mm. if you really are swimming well, you really are just focusing on your body and your breath. Yes, um, yes. So there are other options out there for people. Yes. Um, so you, you've just got to start something. Start no, I agree. and commit to it. Yep. And, um, and I'm pleased to report I'm really back on track with my meditation now. Good um, on you. So, no, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a humbling week, but I've, I've enjoyed it. And I love the fact that you're willing to share it because I think that experience is uncommon for everybody. You know, starting meditation is one thing, but the, but the hard part actually is persisting. And you've got to find ways to try and optimise and be able to push through, you know, and you did that. And I think that's a really great example for people. And there's something you said before, you know, that you're going to do this week. Do you remember what that was? What did I say I was going to do? I don't remember. Wow. Try not to give people advice. Yes. And follow your own advice. Yes, I think um, working in a kind of semi-consultancy role, I'm just so 
used to providing advice yeah. to people. And I actually did a really good challenge. And I think we might have talked it in one of our previous podcasts. And it was from Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. And it was, if you're the kind of person that gives lots of advice, mm. just for a week, don't give anyone yeah. any advice. Yeah. Unless they ask you. Yeah, gotcha. And that challenge was really, really tough for me. Yeah. Um, so I might try that again just for one day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, ta- taking your own advice, yeah. I think we all know what we innately need to do to look after ourselves. And I think sometimes you just actually need to go and sit with yourself and, and work out your actually, you know, your game plan for you. Yeah. What, what is it you're going to need to get through next week? And, yeah. and where are you going to slot those five or ten minutes in for your meditation? And if you are someone that your diary rules your life, put it in your diary. Yeah, I agree. You, know, yeah. you just need to find those moments. Yeah. Um, there's so, so many options. And uh, just as maybe we wrap up, one of the things I wanted to share... Um, was if you are in Sydney and you're listening, there's a really great um, little meditation uh, studio in in the CBD. It's called Centered Meditation. It's in Hunter Street, and you can Google them. Uh, we're not affiliated with them. We just like them. Um, but I found quite a lot of solace uh, working in the CBD, knowing that there was a place that I could go to. So I've, you know, I've got all of the apps: Headspace, Budify, Smile and Mind, all the different apps. But uh, in my work, it, it's very difficult to find a meeting room or somewhere quiet. So I, I actually liked escaping at lunchtime and going and sitting in a really comfy chair and, mm. and someone, you know, doing a guided meditation. It really worked for me. So I, I think it doesn't negate the need for your own home practice. I think having your own self-reflective practice every day is, is really where you want to get to but if you need to get started try just try some things try mm. try a meditation class try listening to a cd you know try just having some quiet time yourself yep. um, pick up a meditation book there's there's many ways to start i think the important thing is just starting that's such good advice because uh, and i think back about when i first started meditating and i read one book about how to do it and the type of meditation i think did not suit me well mm. at all either that or i just didn't have enough uh I didn't recall enough from the book to sort of give me the context to not judge myself or not judge the process. And I tried desperately hard to make that work for me. And it never really ever did. And it was only when I tried other styles of meditation that I went, oh, hang on a second. This didn't suit me. It wasn't that I was failing at meditation. It just wasn't good for me. And I found other styles of meditation worked. You know, so I think exactly as you say, trying different things, mixing things up. You know, if you're committed to meditation, it's the secret of trying to make it sustainable. Check out the content on here, we might have